Welcome back to Ready, Set, Review, your favorite podcast for movies, music, comics, and culture. I'm Anthony. You almost got that right. That was like this close. Was I, how was it wrong? I'm just fucking with you. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> actually pretty, good. pretty good that time. Pretty good that time. So yeah, welcome back, true reviewers. Uh, we are here at the Dank Nest tonight. A little yeah. bit of a change of location because Anthony's 55-year-old car finally died on him, so he couldn't make it to the estate. Uh, not 100% dead, but uh, yeah, who knows? We'll see after this repair if I can... Uh, uh, if I can still drive it or if it's still living. Give it a paint job while you're at it. Yeah, maybe I should, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever, man. I haven't had a car payment since 2008, so suck it. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about tonight. Um, cop culture is top of mind tonight because uh, – well, I mean, listen, we like talking about controversial stuff. We like to give you guys our opinions. Oh, yeah. Uh, our opinions are always correct in case you forget. Yeah. Um, one, of the things, one of the things we've talked about previously in one form or another is about the sort of a hypocrisy and double standards that go on in Hollywood and, and, yep. and the media in general. And, uh, man, we got a doozy this week because uh, <laughs> Cardi B uh, came out, or uh, let me rephrase that, a video that Cardi B made a few years ago resurfaced uh, where she was talking about, you know, just how difficult it was for her to survive as a stripper. And, oh, my God, her life was so difficult and so hard. She was eating, like, you know, just uh, garbage food and so poor. And so she thought the best way to solve this problem was to uh, drug men and rob them. Right, which is totally fine. As long as you're a woman and a stripper, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think it's actually correct to say it's totally fine as long as you're somebody who's like Cardi B. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like it, it's so you know. Granted, this just happened a few days ago, right? And there has been zero backlash. Yeah, like none. zero no, backlash, and nor will there be. I don't think such right? fucking horseshit. So they pull out these text messages or these these uh, these tweets, right? From no, it was a video. Well, I'm I'm saying from like other people. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So the double standard. Yeah, so they're they're surfacing all these different tweets and going back from like ten years, twelve years, twenty years ago, right? Whenever Twitter first uh, came onto the scene, right? And all these people who said things that were controversial at the time that are weren't controversial at the time but are controversial now, and they like you know people are like oh you know cancel them and yeah. and remove. I them. mean James Gunn is the perfect example that we talked about. Yeah. The most recent example. James Gunn had some tweets that were were not in any way blatantly offensive. They were they were jokes. They they could have been taken one way, they could have been taken another way. It all depended on how you read them. But the fact of the matter was that they were from ten years ago, and let's just get the most obvious thing out of the way. These were not the tweets were not criminal acts. They were not felonies. No. And the day after maybe even the same day, I don't remember, right. that these tweets surfaced. James Gunn was fired from Disney. Yeah, 100% instantly. Immediately fired. And it's a little bit different for Cardi because she's not employed by anybody. But then take, you know, uh, take Kevin Hart, for example. Wait, doesn't she have a record label? What is that? Doesn't she have a record label? Yeah, but she doesn't technically, like, work for the record company. So I guess that's, that's a good point. So we could say this. Yeah, the record company did not terminate I mean, her contract. Technically, you know? technically, James Gunn yeah. was a director. Yeah, so that's he, a good way to he put was it. signed on to, to direct movies, but he yeah. wasn't currently directing a movie. That's a good right? way to put so, it. So, yeah. yeah. So same same thing with yeah. Cardi B, right? She signed on to a record label, yeah. right? But is she did she get fired immediately? 
Absolutely not. Yeah. Has anyone come out and said, you know, up in arms against her for blatantly drugging and robbing people? Yeah. Right? Like, like, come on. And there was no context here. There was no, like, it wasn't like the Kevin Hart tweets. It right. wasn't like the James Gunn tweets where you right. could have read it one way, you could have read it another way. This was her face on a video saying, yeah, I did this. Yeah. And, and just so <laughs> unapologetic about it. Now, you know. Power to her for being unapologetic about it and really owning the fact that she did this. Right. right. I, I, I agree with that. I, I definitely appreciate, appreciate that. that. Um, but at, at the same time, I mean, this is literally a felony. Yeah. Right. Like she's literally confessing to a felony. And I mean, look, I don't know what the statute of limitations would be on, you know, drugging and robbing people. But um, I don't think that it's I, I don't think that it's uh, less than the time that has passed since she actually did it. And it's just and like when I, she did it. And when I when I you know, when I go on the socials now and I see all of these just knuckle draggers that are supporting Cardi B, like, you know, way to go. You know, you did what you had to do to survive, blah, blah, blah. But just ignoring the fact that what she did, it reminds me of the guy that just got put in jail, the rapper, uh, Takashi69, yeah, right? Yeah, Takashi69. So the, the people that are supporting Cardi are the same morons that are now su that were supporting Takashi 69 and I just like loved those people's arguments because like you know if you follow some of these, these a lot of them was these influencers you know right, right? yeah quote and unquote because they don't are, want to say anything against exactly. her because she's so popular that you say anything against her and right. then all of a sudden the the Twitter mafia comes after you the the mob but uh, but so about the Takashi 69 guy though so he was among the 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 number of things that he was uh, convicted of one of them was like uh, was was uh, not, not, gun running is not the official the lawyer term, but you, yeah, know, what I, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. illegal arms yeah, dealing, dealing, that kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. So the same people that are saying free six nine hashtag free six nine and they support six nine are the same people if you scroll through their tweets that the moment there's some sort of mass shooting or gun crime, they're the ones calling for gun reform and gun reform and gun reform. One of the crimes that 6ix9ine did literally contributes to the illegal sale and ownership of guns that therefore then contributes to the gun crime in America. Yeah. So by saying free 6ix9ine, you're therefore saying you support his criminal activity in dealing in illegal arms and therefore support the massacres that happen with those guns. Like. Right. And it's I, just so fucking stupid. And I guarantee there are some of those people out there who are like, oh, free 6ix9ine that are, are, are for gun control. Right, they're oh, they're yeah. the ones who, when a school shooting happens or anything like that, they're That's the what I'm first saying. ones. The same people. Yeah, same exact people. Yeah, and they don't realize right? like the crimes. The, one of the crimes that he was charged with was exactly that. That yeah. contributes to those kind of crimes. Yeah, and it's exactly the thing that we're trying hard to get away yeah. from in this country, right? And it's just he's just dragging us back. And then you know you get these people that are just trying to be popular and trying to jump on the bandwagon. It's just again that they, bandwagon they, they society. Yeah, they literally you know, just pick and choose. Right they all they all have selective hearing they just pick and choose what they want to hear yep you know and if it wasn't you know I, and i i had to wonder this too I, I thought about this the other day okay all right hit me so with it. it was either two days or three days before this whole thing with cardi b came out right it was big in the news that she had uh inked this uh agreement where she copyrighted that uh that oh from her song, right? Uh -huh. Where so like so now nobody, you know, in any form of media can use that without giving her some kind of royalty. Okay, so yeah, so, so she trademarked that, or, right? Right. Okay. So I just can't help but wonder, like, 
did she know like the timing just seems too perfect did she know that these videos were going to surface so she got on that copyright bandwagon to secure <laughs> her financial future in case her career goes down the shitter after this whole thing blows like is over yeah i just you, you know, know maybe it's just a safety net i guess but and you know maybe smart on her for that's doing that that's what i'm that, saying right i know? feel like she knew like it just, it's, the timing is just too perfect yeah and like look i and I, again i i appreciate the ownership right like if you're going to do something wrong or if you're going to be a bad person you come out and you say that you know and you admit it, right? And you accept the person that you are, right? And you wear it like armor, great. And maybe that's exactly what she did. She's like, no, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I did. I did rob people. I did drug people. But the problem is, is that that's a fucking felony. Like you can't, like, yep. this is very different from like a tweet or just saying something that is offensive to people, right? This is something that is 100% like a serious issue, right? Like, and, and if the reverse was true, right, well, let's say, right, and we're going to get a chance to talk about, you know, the uh, the movie a little bit later on, but let's say that Nikki Six came out, right, and was like, yeah, I used to drug and rob bitches all the time, right? There would be so much pandemonium yep. about Nikki Six and yep. cancel Nikki Six, don't buy his albums, right? And there would be so pe many people up in arms against, right, if it was a man if, if, who had said this, right? Ah. It just it's just so frustrating. Yeah, it's right literally now. like I said, the, people, the double standard is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's true right now. And it, and it's almost like the you know, I, I I hate when people use the term snowflake because I think it's a little overused and a little blown out of proportion. Yeah, but agreed. this really is the only word that comes to mind for me because I feel like this thing with Cardi B, if it really doesn't blow up in her face, we've really now reached the point in society where we're more okay with people committing legitimate crimes than we are with people being offensive. Right. Like, we've reached that point. Right. Where, where <laughs> it is okay, as long as you come out and you admit that you did the crime and you own it, then uh, I guess it's okay. Yeah. Right? But, but uh, as long as you're a, a famous woman exactly. who's a singer, right? As long as you're famous. Like, it's like, what? Like, oh, oh, I can't. I, I don't know. Cardi, Cardi B is Where are we? Where Cardi, are we? What a time to be alive. Cardi B and Jussie Smollett are exercising white privilege as we speak. As we speak. <laughs> and there is no way that you can say that Jussie Smollett is not, right? Because the, in the news about the Jussie Smollett case, Ugh. all the charges, there were like ridiculous amounts of evidence against yeah. him that he faked. He blatantly and faked this whole attack. 16 felony charges. Charges. Right, 16 felony charges that were just magically dropped. Just, nope, nope, just drop them. Just drop the charges. Oh, the power of Michelle Obama. Oh, Michelle Obama reaching out to her former chief of staff who makes a, a couple of phone calls, yeah. right, to the right people, and all of a sudden, you know, the charges get dropped. And it's how, is that not, how is that not white privilege? Yeah. Or I guess you could call it maybe just wealth privilege or yeah. connection privilege. I don't understand. But no, there's, like... Why is this just okay that it's going to go away? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like it's ridiculous right now. And let's be honest, the you know we'll, we'll just come right out and say it. The Michelle Obama angle, while that was reported on and confirmed that her former chief of staff did reach out to the lead prosecutor, the state's attorney um, in in uh, Kimberly Fox yeah. in Chicago. Yep. That's the you know the whole that's a bit of a conspiracy angle. But what is fact is that the state's attorney's office did come out and said. Like, quote, the dropping of the charges does not exonerate Jussie Smollett, but they feel that the $10,000 he paid in bail and the community service that he did and will continue to do is that's that that's good to just, you know, 16 felony counts. 
fuck it, 10, 10 grand and some community service. We're good with that. We're, we're totally good with that. Yeah. Like that, that is what they literally said. Yeah. They, like yeah. there's, there's no cookie cutting around that. There's no conspiracy there. They literally said, we're cool with the 10 grand. And because it was a nonviolent crime and the community service, we're going to drop 16. It wasn't one, two, it was 16 fucking felony charges. And a ridiculous How? amount of evidence yeah. to back those charges up. And right? yeah, and then like, the, like, the evidence, the evidence that right. they said this, we were not exonerating him. Right. So that means that they still feel that there is enough evidence to bring this to trial at right. the very least. Right. And they're just going to fuck it. No, can't no, be bothered. No, well, what's this? Bothered. Oh, yeah. it's, can't uh, be bothered. Whatever that we're is. This, right. And even Jesse Smollett's lawyer came out and said that, oh, Jesse Smollett has suffered enough. He suffered oh. enough. What has he suffered? That woman is, is such a twat. Dude, it is so absolutely ridiculous. And right? it's. And I read this article where they were. Um, the, it was another. You know, one. I, I love reading the opinion pieces on NBC News oh, because God. they're always such garbage. They're always such. They're so poorly researched and so poorly argued. Yeah. And they said that it was uh, essentially ridiculous to uh, to be upset about this uh, outcome of this of the story. Yeah. Because the Chicago Police Department is so corrupt. Right. Okay. Now. Be that as it may, it uh-huh. is true that there is rampant corruption in the city of Chicago among lots of different things. However, right by saying that by, – by, by calling out the corruption and saying that it's okay for Jussie Small to get off because of the corruption, right. that is corruption. Him getting off is corruption. It's, the state's attorney's office not uh, uh, deciding to prosecute him based on – the evidence and ten grand and community service—that's corruption. I mean, it's it's literally something out of the usual suspects, right? With Kaiser Sose, right? Yep. Where this guy is protected from above by the Prince of Darkness, right? Literally, literally like yeah. he, like literally, the former first lady is making phone calls in his favor to in order to get him exonerated, right? Yeah. How is that any different than what we talked about last week with the celebrity uh, college scandal? Same thing, right? It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. And it's it's literally people just flexing their connections, their money. Right. And just blatantly in the public's face. Right. Whereas now all of these white celebrities who did it. Right. Uh, are getting in trouble for, yeah. for trying to pay to get their kids into college. Right. But something like this. Nope. Uh, who cares? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because well, he's he's homosexual and he's black. Yeah. And Lori, I mean, Lori you know, Laughlin does not know Michelle Obama. So she's still going to go to trial. She's still going right. to get prosecuted. Right. But, you know, Jesse Smollett apparently knows Michelle Obama through one way or another. So he's going to be just fine. Right. And the problem is and, and here here's the, the biggest problem with this. Right. Is because the main thing that this damages is all of those people out there who really suffered these kinds of atrocities, totally. right? So the, the the real people out there who are homosexual, who have been abused, who have been targeted, who have been beaten up, right? That's the people that this this really hurts because all this does is it it degrades their experience, right? Yep. And it and it and it's 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 the boy who cried wolf, yeah, right. So now the next time that somebody comes out and says that oh I was targeted, now there's going to be a whole group of people who are like oh don't believe him. It's got to be another Jesse Smollett situation, right? When that's probably not really the case, right. right? Like this is a very rare case. It's something that this public happened and it was literally done as a publicity stunt. And it's so disgusting that it was done that way, yeah. right? So 
so like we're not saying that like these things don't happen they absolutely do totally we're not saying that white privilege doesn't exist it absolutely does right yep. but it's not the only type of privilege that exists and you're seeing it in front of your face with both cardi b and jesse jesse smollett right and they're just flexing it right and it's just 100%. it's and it's just you know it's 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 really horrible. It's it's really pretty horrible. Yeah, no, it's awful, and I and I totally agree. And I, and I think that's the most important thing to remember about the Jussie Smollett case is that you know he didn't he he didn't just commit you know like the mail fraud aspect of this. Right. Like we're living in a time in our country where whether you want to believe it or not, like the the press the the prevalence of hate crimes is increasing. Um, you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. Like the media will have you believe, but there is a slight uptick in these hate crimes. Oh, absolutely. And to have somebody fake one is just th- that to me is worse than the mass shootings that happen. Right. Like, you know, because like those those can be explained. Those people are psychopaths. Right. Like, that can be explained. There's no I, I don't see the end game for Jussie Smollett in faking this hate crime. Right. Even if it was because now he has all this notoriety. Can't be the kind of notoriety he wants. And I also I also read that he's like now demanding another uh Robin Roberts style today show interview oh, yeah. to go on. Like yeah. and you know, I, I hope and again, because I know that Journal, the journalism community, at least the mainstream journalism community in twenty nineteen, is absolutely fucking spineless right so it will not happen you have to be but i want like you'll lose your job in a minute no totally you say one controversial thing and you'll lose your job i want to bring back like i want like a fucking tom brokaw style guy like a larry king like somebody like an actual journalist that won't shy away from the hard questions right i want that to be the person that interviews jussie smollett and be like what the fuck, bro? Yeah. Like, ask him the real questions. Don't give him these softball questions. How did it make you feel? How did you feel when they arrested you? How did it right. make you feel? Well, like, like just like shut the fuck up, man. I want yeah, a real well, hardball interview. And now here's the thing, right? And we can talk about the what if, right? What if? Now, the, 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 the reason that there was nobody else arrested, right, was because that there was nobody else around, literally, in that in that area at that time. But what if there were two people, let's say, right, that fit a description that Jussie Smollett had created and fabricated, right? Now, those two people, like Jussie Smollett, and this is exactly what we had said last week, he would have come out and he would have said, you know, yep, they did it, they, and would have blatantly lied about it. Now, those people would have gone to jail. They would have gone to jail for it. There would have been so many people. It would have been so publicized that they were, the jury would have absolutely indicted them, yep. right? And 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 had, would have um, said they were guilty, yeah, right? Brought the trial. Yeah. Well, it would have gone to trial, and then yeah. it would have, they would have, would have gotten they would have gotten guilty, right? It would have, they would have been guilty, right? So so like because like this has happened in a number of different cases throughout history with. In, in other situations where people wrongfully accuse people, whether it is rape or it is, you know, a, a laundry list of other things, yeah. right, where people are wrongfully accused and go to jail for years, years and years and years. They're literally their life has been taken away from them, and now they have to have that black mark on them for the rest of their life. And not only, but they have to have that experience of living in jail for that period of time. 
right? Like there, there are people who were in sports and, and accused of raping women when it came out years later that they didn't actually do it, right? And then they were finally exonerated, yep. right? And they ended up spending 20 years in prison because of it, right? That like 20 years in prison will 100% change you. Oh, yeah. Right? No, dude. Dude, one year in prison will 100% change you, uh, yeah. right? So, like, like how is this how is this not held on the same level as actually committing the crime? See, I'm glad you mentioned that because the one thing that I noticed in all of the hoopla around this, this announcement in the last couple of days right. is that nobody, not Jussie Smollett, not his attorneys, not the state's attorney's office, not the police chief, not the mayor, nobody has mentioned, at least what I've read, that they are concerned with or are going to continue any sort of investigation to find the, quote, real perpetrators of this crime. Right. So if – I mean, g- come on. I mean w- yeah. that, that would be like – you know, e- even, even fucking OJ, even when OJ got off, there were still people saying, okay, well, if he's not innocent, even though we know it's bullshit, we know that I – mean, if, even if he's innocent, we know that's bullshit. We the guy literally guilty. wrote a book called If, if I, I Did, did it. it. My, my point is <laughs> – like what I'm saying is though, even after OJ, even after that whole fucking fiasco, there were still people in the prosecutor's office and the attorney's office. They were saying, okay, so if he's innocent, let's find the person that actually killed Nicole Brown right, Simpson. Right. And nobody nothing, has said anything no, about nothing, that in terms of the no Jussie Smollett case. Just nobody cares buried. about what's happening. Yeah. Like no. so. Yeah, so, and I guarantee that six months from now, you're not going to hear anything more about this Jussie Smollett case. No, it's it's gonna all going to go away. The Cardi B thing, I think even less time than that. In, in another 30 days, nobody's going to be talking about this. The Cardi this. B thing, as far as I'm concerned, is going to be gone by tomorrow. She's she's so popular that no one is going to give a shit. Yeah. Which I think is absurd. Yeah. But, you know, like, it is what it is. Like I said, and I totally agree with the whole, like, you know, I, I applaud her. For, for making that video, whatever it was, three, four years ago, and being like, yeah, like, I, this is the shit I had to do to survive, and she's owning it. Good on her. Right. It doesn't change the fact that it was a fucking crime. No. And and there's there's a big thing that, like, that you really need to consider, right? And that's consent, right? So, so, if... I if, never consider consent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Don't anybody, don't, don't, don't. You know, I mean, me. South Park Just makes kidding. jokes yeah. about it where they're literally having people sign yeah. consent forms. <laughs> like, oh, bros, can you sign in your consent form? Okay. <laughs> but no, but like, so like this was something against people's consent, right? She, it's, it's not like she's just owning it and she had their consent to fucking drug them and rob them. Yeah. It wasn't like they were giving them, giving her this yeah, stuff. She, and She fucking Bill cosby them. She 100% Bill cosby them. Yeah. How is this not as bad as yeah. Bill Cosby? Where's Bill Cosby? Oh, right, jail. Jail, yeah. jail, yeah. right? And this you, you, is not a color, that proves that this is not a color thing, yeah. right? This is this is a male-female thing. It's a male-female thing, thing. Yeah, right? Like Cardi thing. B, because she's a woman and because she's out there and she's popular, yeah. right? And it's just like this terrible double standard that's out there. But like, if, if it would be different, and like I understand, right? I guess like it was because these guys were rude to her, and I guess like they were wanting to sleep with her. So instead of like sleeping with her, they she drugged them, yeah. right? And and then robbed them. Yeah. Now now don't get me wrong. If if I'm watching a movie and that's the plot of the movie, 
I'm going to laugh my ass off. Right. It's going to be great. Right. But there's not a movie. It's it's real life. Right. You know, and and we've got people like we said, like James Gunn, that are getting crucified in the court of public opinion. Kevin Hart, who's who like not his career is nowhere near over, but no he way. was you know fired from the Oscars and crucified in by the public court the court of public opinion. Yeah, one hundred percent for for just you know making a few jokes that were taken the wrong way. And who knows? Was there anything else that happened, right? Well, Cardi B had these guys drugged, right? And were unconscious, right? Did she maybe fucking draw on them or diddle them? Nobody knows, right? <laughs> right? But, but why Wait, is it not? did draw Right? What? Like, so they woke up, their wallets are gone, they got dicks on their yeah, foreheads. Yeah, they got dicks too, all over like... them, right? Right? Like, whatever. Or, you know, like... Can you, can you rape a guy that's drugged? Like, will your dick still work? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, but, like, I mean, like, could is you... It, is, is, it, is it, like, whiskey could dick? You, but could you abuse it? I mean, could you play around with it? Abuse the little, dick? Just little, flap around a little bit? Yeah, just slap it around. Just smack, little, your, smack on the side of your face a little bit? A little muscle you know? stamp? Yeah. Little, little, uh, <laughs> little, yeah, a little, little playing around with it, right? And so, like, like, but how is that not day rape? Right? How is that not date rape? How is that not something that they're also considering actually happened? Right? Sublime song. Right? And and obviously no consent on their part. Right? So like, how is that not rape? Yeah. Right? It, it I, totally I don't understand. Is. It's a yeah. It's, right. So 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 the the point here is that you can all go fuck yourselves because <laughs> you, you're all backwards if you support any of these assholes. You're all got double standards coming at your assholes. Right, or, or or just admit it. I mean, if you're if you're happy to have a double standard, just be like, yeah, yeah, there's a double standard. And I so absolutely support, believe all women, right? And believe all black gay men. That's a good point. Right? That's a good point. If you're, you know? you're going to have your opinion, at least own your opinion. Yeah, own it. At least own own it. it. You know, at least I can appreciate that, yeah. right? If you're going to be a jerk and you're going to be an asshole as long as if you yeah. own it oh then okay well yeah. then it's then it's different right which begs the question if r kelly just came out and was like yeah i i peed on underage <laughs> girls right if he just came out and said that would it have been okay right like, <laughs> like, it probably would have been okay to some people yeah i mean some people would have yeah. been like yeah man hey listen he admitted yeah. it so at least it's a you know at and least see, he's and owning see, it and see, that's a really good point though too i i think that's i think r kelly is actually an interesting sort of case study in this whole arena because right you know right now r kelly is public enemy number one for a number of different reasons well yeah but you gotta remember though terrible person well yes but you have to remember that what was it 10 years ago 15 years ago when he was the height of his career right these a lot of these allegations were still there he was actually i don't think he was tried but it was like something almost went to court and like something was dropped but at the time, again, this was before social media, but at the time, he was a multi-million dollar platinum recording artist. Yep. And when this shit came out, yep. yes, there were people that were outraged about it, but his career survived just fine because he was mega popular at the time. Yeah, 100%. So can you imagine, fast forward 15 years from now when Cardi B is the tail end of her career, then this video comes out? I think it's a different story. Yeah, 100%. Right? I, I 100% agree with you. And the same thing happened with Chris Brown, too, right? When Chris Brown, yeah. you know, was was abusing his girlfriend, right? And uh, you mean you mean Rihanna? Well, Rihanna, I, didn't he do it to multiple people? Like, yeah, but Rihanna is Rihanna, like, the, yeah, the famous yeah. one, right? But she, there were all these people who came out on Twitter was like, oh, Chris Brown beat me up. All yeah. these women came out on Twitter like oh you can beat me up anytime you can beat me up which is just like insane and obviously it's like maybe it's a joke maybe it's not a joke I don't really think that it it's was like a those joke. people that are obsessed right? with Ted Bundy Ted Bundy right exactly <laughs> right you know oh man <laughs> 
Those people, I, I, um, I can't, I, I, I can't with the, yeah. That's a, that's a whole. Where are we? Where is the line between right and wrong? Because it's all over the fucking place right now. Yeah. How the fuck are you supposed to know anything? You really, like, you really, yeah. Like if the speed limit, like if you had a speed limit sign and it said 55 for some people, maybe for others, but if you're this kind of person, then you only have to go 45. Then you're only allowed to go 45. If, all I'm going to say is I'm glad I'm already married and don't need to deal with this because I feel like if I was to try to date in 2019, oh my I would God. probably end up in jail. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I would do something that would get me put in jail because yeah, I don't be. know what's what's right or wrong anymore. Could be. Like everything is so fucking crisscrossed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of right or wrong, we want to talk to you tonight about the, the, the epitome of right or wrong as told by the infamous band – Motley Crue. Oh, man. This, so, I, we are so excited to talk about this yeah. tonight. So getting away from uh, celebrity drama as we as as, uh, as it goes, but uh, getting back into the movie world. So there was a movie that was released last week on Netflix called The Dirt. Now, this movie has been in the planning process for, oh, I, I want to say, I want to say close to the turn of the century. Like it's almost like. Um, no, not not that long, but definitely, definitely since 2007. I yeah, know. Yeah, it, it's definitely been at least 12 or 13 years because the mm -hmm. book the book came out around like 2009. I want to say. Right. Um, I'd have to verify that, but yeah, it's yeah. been. It was one of those. It was one of those books. You know, the moment it was uh, released, the movie studios were like, "I want the rights. I want the rights." And it it, it fell into development hell well, for years. There were there were people who were like, "I want the rights," but then they were like, "Nah, yeah, but do yeah I, maybe." Yeah. Maybe I don't want the rights because yeah. it sh it shifted and it was sold and bought and sold and bought yeah. and it was thrown all over the place and then finally Netflix came in and was like, "Yep, we'll do anything, <laughs> anything." <laughs> oh, Netflix picked it up. Shocker! Shock! I'm I shocked. shocked. <laughs> Netflix will pick up anything. So yeah, so if you haven't seen The Dirt, uh, we're gonna get into a uh, review here, so be careful of spoilers, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's all about the life and times of the band Motley Crue. Yeah, so um, so let's talk about as we usually do. We'll do the good first. Right. This movie was fucking hilarious. This movie was ridiculous. <laughs> it, it was. It was just so awesome. And this movie, just I gotta so say, this top. is the kind of movie like I said before in our last episode, we were talking about it. I've read The Dirt probably five or six times. Okay. Um, and I've read The Heroin Diaries just as many. Okay. And this movie was a movie made for like Motley Crue marks. There were so oh, many 100%. fucking mark out moments oh, in this yeah. movie oh, yeah. that were just ripped. Like from, from the very first scene, so the very opening scene is there's a little voiceover and they're talking about their early days um, where they were where they were playing on the Sunset Strip. They were playing you know nightly at places like the Whiskey A Go Go and the Roxy and the Rainbow. Yeah. And they had this little apartment down on the Sunset Strip and everywhere every time they played a show. You know, they were selling out the whiskey, and everybody would come from the show to their apartment and, like, party. And they were and talking the, about having to nail their yeah, door shut. nail the door and shut. And people would come in cops, through the window. Yes, which is 100% true. And the very opening scene of the movie just had oh, me dying man. because in the book— It sets the tone dude, for the entire movie, and it's just so great. So in the book, they talk about um, Tommy's girlfriend at the time, the early days of the band. And I forget her real name, but they used to right. call her Bullwinkle because yeah, Bullwinkle. she looked like a moose. And— <laughs> 
And the thing that she was like famous for was being a squirter. Right. And Tommy would always talk about how much she was a squirter. At a time before and, the internet, before right? pornography was yep. rampant, right? So like, the opening scene of the movie is it's panning through different parts of the party and it ends with Tommy going down on his girlfriend, Bullwinkle, in the middle of the party and he, he moves his head away and like a fucking super soaker, she just shoots <laughs> across the room. And then it's just like, boom, the dirt. And, and I'm Tommy like, is literally just so unapologetic. He's sitting there talking to two girls, and the and Bowenko comes up to him and like grabs him. And he's like, oh, 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 you gotta check this out. You guys yeah. gotta check this out. And that's what he like, said in the book. Yeah. He like he like used her as like a it was like it was like a circus gag. He's like, guys, watch this. She's gonna yeah. squirt. Like yeah. and just fuck it. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so that just set the tone. For the whole movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. And and the movie was really done in a very comical way, right? Like, it do, it, it was very, very lighthearted. Um, and and I think that's actually one of the faults, but we'll get into it. Um, but, yeah, but it was it was, it was was very funny. There was a lot of, like, those kind of office moments, right? Totally, where, yeah. Where they're, they're, they're actually talking to the camera, where ridiculous things happen, right? So that was one of my – so I want to talk about that because – the fourth wall breaking was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, yeah. Because oh, it really yeah. made you feel, again, a, a moment ripped right from the book. Because one of the things that made the book so great was that it was written by all four of them. So each chapter you right. read, like when you read the chapters written by Nikki, and then you flip the chapters read by Tommy and Vince and so on, they all have such a unique voice. So when they each got to break the fourth wall, it was so great. And my right. favorite fourth wall breaking moment in the entire movie and this is again direct from the book was when they did that montage where tommy explained what a normal day on the oh, girls girls yeah. girls tour looked like oh and yeah dude i would i would give anything to just live one of those days just to see what it was like the just fact to that, be a rick a roadie dude, the just day to, just to see it just the to day, be a fly on the wall the day started at 5 p.m and tommy <laughs> would talk about he would wake up normally handcuffed to a bed because he got knocked out by doc mcgee the manager the night before because he was such a shithead wake up at five o'clock you know figure out like not remember anything what was going on sort of come back to life with drugs by seven o'clock meet the band start drinking start doing drugs adrenaline kicks in you play the show yeah. and the whole like day happened after the show so like yeah. midnight and beyond yeah yeah and from <laughs> from midnight till 6 a.m was like they're like <laughs> that was their day just hearing that the way and, and, and i I, I'm pretty sure I had to go back and read the dirt. It's been a couple years since I read, but like I think it was verbatim from the book, the way they described. Like I specifically remember reading that chapter where Tommy talks about it, and I'm just like dying, hysterical laughing. It's so good. <laughs> and man, it's just it was so funny. And you know the funny thing is you, you're talking about it being written by all four members of the band, which it, it 100% was, but it was compiled and put together by Neil Strauss. Neil Strauss, yep. So Neil Strauss was actually a writer for Rolling Stone magazine. Um, and then he also gained a lot of fame because he wrote a book called uh, The Game, right? Which is a, it is really his autobiography about his life and his experience in the quote unquote pickup community, yep. right? And how he became a, a quote unquote pua, a pickup artist. Right. And, and so like, but it's a very analytical and it's really not like you look at the game and people look at it as like, oh, it's a way to like manipulate people. It's really not. It's an autobiography about the guy's life yeah. and his experience in this community. Right. And so like he was actually and it was very well written. And so he was the one who actually wrote this book as well. Yeah, exactly. He was the he was the guy behind the scenes, the guy in the chair. The yeah. The yeah. Chair. He's the guy in the chair. Right? Yeah. 
Um, another thing I loved about the movie is the 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 characters, the the way they were played. So um, taken one at a time. Douglas Booth, who played Nikki Six, did a phenomenal job. Right, like, and for the most of the movie was basically the narrator. Yeah, right? exactly. For, for the largest part, like yeah. there were definitely different parts where there were different narrators, right? So you got the different perspectives. You have Mix, you right. have Vince's, you have Tommy's, and then you have Nikki. But Nikki yeah. is mainly the narrator through most of the movie. And he did such a great job, just like portraying that because like Nikki Six is like, and he talks about in the book, he's a punk. Like, like he 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 grew right. up on the Ramones, the right. New York Dolls, like right. the Alex Sex Cooper. Pistols. Yeah, like he's a punk through and through. Right. Like you know, which is another thing I loved about how like when they would show them at the at the at the at the pool, right. you know, and Vince would be wearing his like little like bathing suit, and Nikki's sitting there with his black vest and his black jeans and his Converse yep. and his sunglasses, like you know, at the pool in at the middle the pool. of the day, right? Yeah, ninety he's degree jeans, weather, jeans yeah. and a vest like, and sneakers at the pool. Such a punk, right? Yeah. And like like just the way he played the part, it like he really he just really got into Nikki Six's head, I feel like, and did a great job playing him, especially in the drug scenes. Like, he just, like, with the way they made him look and the way he played that, yeah, that just that out empty, yeah. shrung-out shell of a human, yeah. the way Nikki Six was in those days in the late 80s. Like, it was so well done. And I absolutely loved... Uh, you and Rion as Mick Mars. Yeah, you and Rion as Mick like, Mars, like just playing that. They, like, and the way they introduce him, they're like, "Oh, that's Mick Mars. He's an alien, right?" Like, and he's like, laying in the bed yeah. with his hands crossed, like yeah, across the over him. Oh man, <laughs> just so spot on. And like to have it be you on, uh, you and Rion. Is that how you pronounce? I think it? that's how you say I, his I, name. Whatever. Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, Ramsey Bolton. Yeah. So to have it be Ramsey Bolton, yeah. right? Who's such like a, a hated character. Like it's just so yeah. so great. And I love that. How they, and I, I love that how they made Mick Mars almost like a caricature of himself. Yeah. Because he he always was like not like the outcast, but always like the true fucking freak in yeah. the band. Yeah. And I loved how he and I, I don't think this was from the book, but I loved how he was like drummer, bass player. Like he wouldn't yeah. call them, by, wouldn't their call their them names. by the names. Yeah, it's just drummer, bass player. <laughs> like right. because Mick Mars was always very snarky like that because yeah. he always thought he was like better than everybody with his guitar. I mean, right. he's a phenomenal guitar player, so rightfully so. Right. But like it, it was great, and then and then of course. Machine Gun Kelly. Like. Dude, Machine Gun Kelly, I think, in my opinion, was the best part of this entire movie. Uh, he just absolutely nailed Tommy Lee, yeah. right? Like, like it was just, it just really just so spot on, and he did such a good job. And I really think that this really shows off his acting chops, right? Like, he who was knew? In, who knew? Well, he was in Bird Box, and he did a good job in Bird Box, right? Wait, who was he in Bird Box? He was, like, in the beginning, right? He hooks up with that, that chick. Right when they're in the the house in the beginning, and then he and the chick steal oh, the car, yeah, and then they leave. Yeah, that's right. I forgot Together. that was him. Yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. forgot that was him. Yeah, that movie sucks. I forgot. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, but yeah, I mean, he did just a phenomenal job, and just yeah. absolutely hysterical. Like his whole facial expressions, like just, I mean, just really, really nailed the part. Yeah, totally. Right? So it was just, it was just absolutely great. Um, uh, loved, loved uh, David uh, Costable, right? Or Costabile, David Costabile, whatever, yeah, whatever his name is, as Doc McGee. So right? good. Doc McGee just being the petulant straight man throughout the entire thing. So great. Right? Just amazing. Just so hilarious. And again, with those like, those kind of like office asides where he's just looking at the screen and he's like, I've been on, <laughs> I've been on tour with Kiss Skid Row, Bon Jovi. He goes, nobody, nobody abused me like Motley Crue. And that was actually one of the things. It was one of the things they talked about in the book. 
Um, and I, I think they might have said it in the movie. I, I honestly don't remember. But one of the things they talked about in the book, one of the reasons why Motley Crue was Motley Crue, was that they talk about how bands like Guns N' Roses and sure. Poison and Warren and a lot of those bands in the 80s, mm-hmm. they just acted like shitheads because they thought that's how rock stars were yeah, supposed to what, act. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. But Motley Crue acted the way they did because they were just legitimate psychopaths. Well, and I think, like, and that's <laughs> I think it, it has something to do with really what makes Motley Crue so brilliant as a band, right? Because yeah. for 40 years now, right, they've really been best friends, right? And they had chemistry together. They really not only liked each other, they loved each other. They were best friends, right? Whereas with a lot of other bands, right, there were members that came and went, right? There there was always, like, animosity, right? Like Ace Frehley and Gene Simmons, right, from Kiss, right? So... You, you, when it comes to Motley Crue, they really, really were best friends. They really loved each other, right? And they were really in it together. So it, that, it like, exasperated the fact that they would go out and they would party because they were all friends. And so it was just like, hey, can you top this? Can you top this? Yeah. So, like, the scene when they shoot the rocket off inside the oh, hotel God. room and it sets the whole hotel on fire. <laughs> like, it just, like, I could definitely, like, just see it happening. Or, or the scene... Where Tommy Lee is running down the hallway, right? And there's Mick Mars and Nikki Six, and they're in Doc McGee's uh, uh, hotel room. And Doc McGee goes chasing after Tommy, who's being chased by the cops. And they go into the drawer, and they just take out a huge line of cocaine. That was and the just best. like, well, the cops are outside, so yeah. they're not in here. Yeah, so let's exactly. Do a line. Cops aren't here, so let's take, it to, let's take it to Doc Stash and, and do some rails. I mean, it just it reminded me a lot of Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. right? Where it was just that far over the top. And they did it in such a funny, comical way that yeah. it just it made the movie so enjoyable, right? And it kind of makes you forget, like, yeah, a lot of these things are pretty fucking shitty. Well, yeah, totally. Right? Like, they throw a TV on a guy's car. They yeah. almost, they literally almost kill him. The guy's yeah. like at the trunk. They throw a TV on the guy's car. They're like, oh man, sorry about that. Like that could have been a disaster. But right? see, that's the, see, so so that's the interesting thing what you say about how a lot of the things they did were shitty. And again, I want to just harp on this other opinion article I read on NBC News. I don't know why I read these. All they, all they do is anger me. Well, that's, um, that's you know... That's, and, 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 the, and the whole... That's crux, why you read them. Yeah. Because you want to get angry. The whole crux of the article was um, basically accusing the dirt... Uh, of of glorifying the rock and roll lifestyle of abusing women and me right. too and blah blah fucking blah the same right. argument for the last three years. Anyway, while that might be true, you know it may be true. Yeah, we weren't there. We have no. The primary one knowledge. thing that is is not discussed um, and 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 has frankly never been discussed in this frame of reference right. is that. The reason they acted like that was, yes, because they were all – these were all damaged individuals we're talking about. They all come oh, from yeah. broken homes, with the exception of Tommy, like damaged individuals. Right, right? And w- which was the cool thing about yes. Tommy, and they yes. even talk about that. He exactly. Said, he came from a good home right. where he had a loving family, right. loving sister, loving mother and father. So what you have to remember is that it's not like these guys were just drunk. These guys were literally living off of – Drugs, yeah, like yeah, literally multiple different types of drugs and alcohol. <laughs> so, like, I don't care what you say about about how drunk you are, like that 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 passes. Uh, 
drug addiction is a different frame of mind. If you oh, read 100%. the heroin diaries, you you understand why Nikki and Tommy acted the way that they did because heroin fucks with you in a different way oh, than yeah. alcohol does. Heroin yeah. and cocaine together and alcohol fuck with you in a completely different way. Yeah. So say what you will about the way Just they acted. Getting a crazy cocktail going. Yeah, like 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 for for me it's unfair to to accuse them of of of, uh, of of glorifying that lifestyle in the movie without also acknowledging the fact that these guys were legitimate drug addicts. And that yeah. article that I was referencing did not do that. Right. It just said, oh, they're glorifying the rock and roll lifestyle. Okay, that's partially true, but you can't make that argument without also acknowledging the fact that they were all also heroin addicts. Yeah, and let's talk about that. What the fuck is the point of making this movie if you're not going to glorify the rock and roll lifestyle? What yeah. is the point of being a yeah. rock and roll star if you can't glorify the rock and roll lifestyle. That's the story they're right? trying to tell. Right, Come and again, on. now this goes back to what we were talking about with Cardi B, but like those women that were there were not there because they were forced there. They yeah. were not drugged. They were probably given drugs when they asked for drugs, when they wanted to get drunk or or do drugs, right? They were given it, right? And and so like like this is this is this is like where consent comes in. They wanted to be this way. Bullwinkle proudly wanted to show off the fact that she could squirt across the room because everyone was paying attention to her. She was the center of the universe. Yep. And she was the center of yep. the Motley Crew party world. Well, and that's actually a good point too because that's that the art the uh, I'm sorry the, the the argument actually goes even a little bit deeper if you think about it because. The it's not just like like people always tend to focus on bands like Motley Crue and making this argument, um, but you have to remember that like you said there for every for every story of a band like Motley Crue mistreating a woman there is another story of a woman let's call them a groupie for sake for argument's sure, sake sure. of them abusing the band either by way of stalking them or harassing them or assaulting them because they were so obsessed with them. And, and again, the focus is always on bands like Motley Crue, but you never hear stories about, and the stories exist, they're out there. You never hear them in the mainstream. Bands like New Kids on the Block yeah. and NSYNC, there oh, were yeah. hundreds of stories of them having to have, like that's why they have security, because there are crazy girls that are crazy girls, women trying that are to rip assaulting their assaulting them. Literally trying to rip like, their clothes off. Assaulting them. Yeah. That's the same exact thing. And, and it but happened all the cares. way. It happened all the way back with the Beatles too, right? Same perfect ex example. Ex same exact perfect thing, example. Elvis right? even. Even yeah. go back further yeah. to Elvis. Right. The, the shit has always been happening. 100%. But again, for but for whatever reason in this country and these arguments, they only want to focus on the one side of it, they right. don't want to focus on the other side. Right. You know, right. and then it's like and it's just, and, then, and then again, let, let's talk about the other side of the argument, the third side of the argument. People like Lita Ford, the right. Donnas, right. Debbie Harry, yeah. these famous female rock stars. The runaways. You, the runaways. You, yeah. you don't think that they were degrading men who wanted to fuck them? Like, oh, I would absolutely. still fuck Deborah Harry. I would let Debbie Harry do whatever the fuck she wanted to me, and she's like 65. <laughs> like, I would let her abuse me day in and day out. As long as she sang to you afterwards. Totally. I'm totally fine with it. So again, it goes back to the thing we were very talking about at the beginning of the show, the double standard. Yeah. Nobody, only, only people who want to talk about one side of the argument. Right. And there is... Two sides to the argument, just like there is of every argument. Yeah. You know, and I, I will say that, um, in, in my opinion, now, this movie, obviously, based about on a band that was 
well known for partying and for, you know, their sexual escapades, right? So in this movie, there's not a lot of strong female characters. Uh, however, there is one, and she's not uh, utilized a lot, and that's Tommy Lee's mother, Dude, right? Yep. So there's a, just a very few amount of scenes that she's in this movie, and there's one particular one where they're they're backstage before a show, and and Nikki <laughs> Six Nikki Six just got done banging Tommy Lee's girlfriend. So great. Where 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 Doc Mickey comes, he goes, oh, he goes, Tommy wants to introduce you to his parents. I see you've already met his girlfriend. <laughs> like, and he just got done banging his girlfriend, right? So perfect. So Tommy Lee now introduces this girl to his mom and his dad. And his mom just looks at the girl and she's like, oh, how did you guys meet? And then she's like, oh, um, what's the word for it? Uh, groupie, right? That's the word, groupie. That's what you are, right? Like, and it, it was so perfectly delivered yeah, too. because amazing. Like when, when, when the, so good, When man. the girl got all offended and runs away and the mom's like, so all and it's like what what Tommy you like you talk about groupies like they're like the greatest thing in the world yeah, and Tommy's like you say this is like the greatest thing and, yeah. and, and it's so great because like you and you see it there where it, it turns Tommy all of a sudden like back into a teenager high school like mom mom God mom yeah, like, come on mom so perfect I, yeah. I, I agree that that scene is amazing yeah that and, and, and she just did a great job she yeah. did a great job playing that role that nailed character it. yeah like, way nailed yeah it. just really really great and just like that's the way like a protect like a mother would be oh yeah if, totally. if you introduced your mom to like this this girl and she took she could your mom would take one look at that that girl and she would know whether she's a groupie or not right and she would be like all right i don't know who you are what you're doing but get out like when i was dating that girl uh <laughs> diane oh, oh, dropping names here <laughs> whatever they're not gonna uh, listen yeah my anyway. mom met her for the first time my mom <laughs> pulled you aside and was like what the fuck? Yeah, she pulls me aside and she's like, "Oh, you you know you know you have to do something." Like this, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sure, my, I, I guess I gotta do something about it. <laughs> I got you covered. I got you covered, man. <laughs> It's great. Oh, man. No, but the movie, really, really good. Um, you know, talking about some of the things that I didn't like, one of, one of the, the biggest things that I didn't like was I, I think that they, they did make it too lighthearted and they didn't get dark enough. Now, don't get me yeah. wrong. There were some very dark scenes, right? The scene yeah. where Razzle dies, right, in the car yep. accident. And the overdose right? scene. And not only that, but, like, the scene with Razzle, right, where he's literally laying on Vince Neal's, like, lap. Oh, it gets all trippy. Right, yeah. and he's like, oh, it's Christmas. And he goes, oh, what do you want for Christmas? And then he's dead. He goes, yeah. and then he looks out, like, the window, and he's like, my friend fell asleep. My friend fell that asleep. That was a fucked up scene. Dude, that's a fucked up scene. Yeah. And it was, you know, now that was very dark, but they move past it, and then they go right back to kind of, like, the partying right. and the drugs, and ha, 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 they make Vince Neil do smack. Like. So that so that, so that, that thing that you mentioned there, if you remember when we first talked about the trailer a few weeks ago, that is a perfect example of the one thing that I was really worried about with this movie was that it was going to – they weren't going to pay enough attention to everything because there's so much history to tell. You know, like it, it's not like you know, it's not like Motley Crue is not a band like uh, like Kiss, for example, right. where where you you can honestly compact the first nine years of Kiss's career all throughout the seventies into about thirty minutes because right. because aside from their struggle to make it, 
not a whole lot happens. Right. Really. You know, right. like Ace has got some drug problems, you know. Yeah. But that's really it. Like not it a whole lot else happens. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until the eighties. Right? <laughs> like not a whole lot else happens. Well, which is probably why I love the eighties. Yeah, hundred percent I agree. <laughs> but you know, with Motley Crue, from day one, there are stories that need to be told. So whether it's telling the story about how they got into the fight at the at the whiskey when the guy spit on Vince Neal and then Vince Neal jumped off the stage. On their first yeah, part, at their right? first show. Which, which which was actually incorrect. They did that for the movie and the right. it wasn't in the, the real life yeah, it wasn't I figured their first it was show. Serious. Right. But but the, but that but that that scene did happen pretty much the way it happened in the movie, just later on in in the in there before their first album was released. But right. like, you know, and then you have Razzle dying. That happened around uh, around the time of Shadow the Devil after Shadow the Devil before Theater of Pain came out. Right. Then you have Nikki Six's overdose. Like there's so much to tell just in those like five years yeah. and then they have more to tell so right. that was my biggest issue with the movie was the fact that it just they, they they got it all in but nothing really got its its due you know what right. I mean like yeah, everything 100%. was just like it was quick 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 fast fast well, fast like it moved like this yeah 100% and and then when um, the movie was on cocaine well, <laughs> that, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's why it moved true. so fast yeah that's also true <laughs> But um, even with Vince Neil's daughter dying, right? Like, that was actually something that I was not aware of, right? Yeah. Now, I'm a huge fan of Motley Crue. I've seen them about five or six times in concert, yeah. right? Every time, was including their, their farewell tour, which was amazing, getting a chance to see them Such with Alice Cooper, show, yeah. right? It was an absolutely amazing show. Um, and I think my only regret is not seeing them more. But... But like when when Vince Neil's daughter dies from cancer, like that's like a heart wrenching scene, and I don't think it was as heart wrenching as it could have been. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like I think that like not only that, but like the fallout from that, right? And really dive into that character's head, right? Yeah. Where I would have loved to see like them go into his perspective now and and see his depression from it, see how how that affected his life and and his marriage ended up falling apart after words right yeah um and and really being able to kind of feel just the the entire pain that a a parent has to go through when they lose their child and right? that was a really they like really didn't do it enough justice i totally agree because that was a really gut-wrenching part of the book yeah and that was one of the things that i they they changed in the movie and i i I think I understand why, but not really. So, so in real life, um, Vince's daughter was much younger when she died. She wasn't actually born until like the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. But in the movie, they show his girlfriend being pregnant before Razzle even dies, and Razzle right. died. Right. And that was in '84. Yeah, it was like '83, '84 around the time Shadow of the Devil came out. So I'm not sure why they did it. I guess maybe to just introduce the character of the daughter early on to make her death more emotionally impactful. So I get that. Right. Um, but that was one of the so let's talk about the things they changed because there was a lot yeah. of that stuff they changed. And, and you know? some of it they actually did very funny. Yeah, for right? better or worse. And, right? and they even talk about it. They throw it out there like, like yeah, this isn't how it happened in real life, but we think that this is better for the movie, so we're going to go with it. Again, doing right, that yeah. like aside where they're looking at the camera yeah, and the way they introduce the Doc McGee. Like, was oh, great. man. The way they introduce Doc McGee is just. Yeah. Oh, where he just knocks amazing. the guy out. Yeah, and he puts thing. him in like yeah. an arm bar. Like he yeah. has him in like the, the and, and, arm and, bar. And then, and then and David right. Lee Roth is just sitting there in their shitty apartment on the Yeah, sunset. getting glass smashed yeah, over yeah, his like, head, right? Like, which, which again, another thing, that that did happen. There was that incident with David Lee Roth, but it happened like six years later when they were already like at least right. famous, you know? Right. He wasn't sitting in, David Lee Roth was not chilling in their sunset strip two-bedroom apartment yeah, you know, in 1981. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, but, like, but again, it, it was great. And, and the guy, and I just love 
love how like they made David Lee Roth look like like fucking cousin it. He's just with this big hair sitting there with his cocaine, his glasses. Yeah, not oh, David Lee Roth. Like, not talking to anybody. He's just yeah. there. Like it's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> So there were some scenes too with with the cocaine use that they did well, like that scene where they do it in the the bedroom where the cops are chasing Tommy Lee. Oh my god! And yeah. then there were some scenes where I really didn't like the way that they portrayed cocaine because it was really opposite of the way that cocaine really is. Like what like, scenes? So the scene where Vince Neil is with that girl and she's they're doing cocaine, right? And she's like, just put it out into the universe. You know, you just talk oh, about yeah. it happening. And they're like very somber and they're very down. They're surrounded like in a dark room yeah. by candles. Dude, that is not cocaine. Yeah, no. not, like if you're doing yeah. cocaine, you don't want to be surrounded by candles. No, that's the heroin. Like, yeah, that was a that was a yes. Nikki Six scene. Or, or, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's something very different. That's yeah. booze. That's weed. That's something different, yeah, right? Totally. You know, that's the, you know when and they're you know they're talking very slowly. Yeah, exactly. Right, which is completely the opposite of of uh, of cocaine. And they they do that same thing with David Lee Roth in that scene where he's doing cocaine and he's just sitting there not talking to anyone and he's yep. just kind of somber. No. No, that dude, if he was doing cocaine, he'd be up talking to everybody, being fucking out in front of everyone, yep. right? So, like, there was a little bit of that. But, again, they do it kind of in a funny way, and they, they specifically call themselves out for it yeah. as well. Right? And I also, so, uh, you know. I want to talk about, too, uh, a character we haven't mentioned yet. Pete Davidson's character. Oh, man. Tom Zutau. Yeah. So, so this guy. So first of all, let me just say, Pete Davidson did a great job playing this character because the one thing they talk about in the book is like kind of what a dweeb Tom Zutau is in right. real life. Right. Um. And and it's fascinating because to this day, Nikki Six and and the whole band is still friends with this guy because this was the guy. I think I talked about this a few weeks ago. This was the guy that discovered Motley Crue. Right. Back when like that's the way record companies worked. Like when you right. discover bands. Yeah. In local you clubs, literally right? go to the club. You see a band yeah. and you try and sign. And them. he was with them the. Through, through thick and thin, through everything. Um, and I love the way Pete Davidson played the character. And I loved how they, again, changed it from real life, where they, they threw in the scene. Um, and I don't think they gave it enough justice, because it was a really big deal, where Nikki Six is talking to Tom Zutau about getting the rights to their music signed over. Right. Now, in the music industry, that does not happen. No. No, like, sure People not. do not own the rights to their own music. Nick, nope. Motley Crue is one of the a handful of bands that own the rights to their own music. Paul McCartney is another example, but even yep. he doesn't own the entire Beatles catalog. It's just no, stuff that Michael he Jackson, helped. Michael Jackson yeah. owned yeah, yeah, the exactly. Beatles music. The only stuff that Paul McCartney now owns is stuff that he uh, officially helped write. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So the scene in the book is actually really great because they never explain the detail around it because there's some sort of NDA around it. Because again, it doesn't happen. No, but there's a yeah. the, there's an Electra record executive by the name of Sylvia Roan okay. that nobody knows the story to this day except for. Nikki Six and Sylvia Roan. Nikki Six did something. I, I don't know what. Surprise, surprise. Right? Like, who knows? But he got the original rights to the Molly Crew music back to the band, which right. is, again, completely unheard of. And it's like a big deal in the music industry. And I love the way that they, again, even though it wasn't correct in the movie, I just love the fact that they touched on that. Because it, it helped establish what they've been establishing throughout the entire movie of what a, a musical genius Nikki Six is. Because let's be serious. Oh, 100%. Not to take away from any of the other talents in the no, band. Uh, Mick Mars is one of the most amazing yeah. guitarists of all time. Motley right? Crue Tommy is... Tommy Lee is one yeah. of the most amazing drummers of all time and just a musical genius. Right. I mean, he can even classically train, can play the piano, right? right. Motley Crue is Nikki Six's 
baby. Like, oh, yeah. That's like, so I was really happy they had that scene in there. Like, as a Motley Crue fan, I really fucking marked out hard over that because it was just such a great callback to the book and a great way to just like prop Nikki up a little bit more to like really focus on what a genius he was to be able to get the rights to their music signed back over to them from a major record yeah. company. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's just, it just shows you what kind of clout that Motley Crue had. Right. And, uh, I mean, you know, even, even late in their career, right. They were just, yeah, I mean, they, were just they were just the greatest. Right. Yeah. And so like, Man, what just a really enjoyable movie. Just so yeah. much fun. And I think I think if you're if you're a guy, you're probably gonna like the movie. I don't know if you're a woman, it, unless you like 80s rock and roll and you like that glam rock, nope, see, you may not like the movie. They're actually I'm gonna I'm gonna prove you wrong right there. Okay. Because so I, I follow um on Barstool Sports, I follow the the chicks in the office. Sure. Right? Yep. Um, I love Chicks in the Office. They're great. Sure. Rhea. Yeah. Rhea big big I, shout out, Chicks in the Office. I, I love you, Rhea. I would marry you. Um, <laughs> she wrote a piece about how she's like now obsessed with Motley Crue after watching The Dirt. And I love that for two reasons. A, because she's a woman. Yeah. And she, she has the, the, the ability to see past all of the other nonsense that people are complaining about, about how it objectifies right. women. Right. So A. And B, she's like... 21 22 yeah i love the fact that now it's like this movie and how good it is and the popularity is introducing a younger audience very much in the same way that we got introduced to motley crew and they were past their prime yeah 100 percent. introducing them to this type of music to motley crew like I, I just i love the fact that this movie can do that yeah I, absolutely and i think that it's going to introduce a whole group of people who maybe never listened to motley crew or maybe listened to some of their songs knew some of their most popular right. songs right you know you know girls 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 or smoking yeah. in the boys room you've never been whatever. to a strip club right exactly <laughs> right you know you're gonna you're gonna hear yeah. you know Motley Crue. Motley Crue is like literal stripper music, right? Well, welcome to the club. Boys. Right. But welcome I think it's club. going to open up a whole new group of people. As and it my should. only hope is that maybe, maybe we'll get, you know, maybe one final concert with Motley Crue. I know. Now, are, are, they, they, are, they in the, are they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That is a good question. I believe not. I don't, I don't think I don't think, so. think that they are. I don't think so. And it's right? probably going to be a while because... Uh, you know, Kiss famously is literally just, just now yeah, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like two years ago. Um, right. And Motley Crue and Kiss are very similar in a lot of ways when you look at like their theatrics and that movie. And and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, very much like the Oscars and the Academy talk about, just sucks a big fat dick. Yeah. Um, so 100%. Motley Crue will get there. I think it'll yeah. be a little while. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, I would absolutely love to see, you know, maybe one final tour. I mean, fuck it, Kiss, Kiss is literally, they just did their final tour, right? Man. So, like, you know, hopefully, maybe, you never know, you maybe never we'll know. get maybe we'll get one more show uh, of Motley Crue. But, um, yeah, The Dirt on Netflix, amazing, amazing yeah, movie, just a lot it. of fun, check it out, you know, you know, it's it's a two-hour movie, but it's, a, it's two hours of just lots of lots of fun, and, like, yeah, yeah. just, like, you can't help but like watch this movie like if you watch this movie and and don't smile at all throughout the entire movie like who are you yeah, like this movie is just so much mongoloid. fun yeah. it is so it is so cool it is heart-wrenching at times right where you really understand you know some of the struggles that they go through 
And they really do the movie in a very funny, like the way that they did the movie, yeah. like, you know, it was just, it was very, it was very tongue in cheek and it makes fun of itself. Right. You yeah. know, and it's just absolutely great. So this is the time of the week where we like to draw attention to the fact that we have a, uh, a special guest in studio. Oh, special guest in studio. Friend of the show, right. Dave, acting as social media intern. We've come to the point of the show where we need to talk about who's going to win the week. Yeah. So, uh, right. gonna win so the week. While, while Dave helps us out by pulling up the box office yeah, mojo to see what's coming out mojo. this week, I'm going right. to take this moment to very humbly announce to everybody that I was fucking right about us <laughs> last week Watch and out. i smoked this turkey with his fucking call i told you us was gonna Here win and it fucking did. validating himself again it matt fucking validates did. himself once again i made the bold <laughs> prediction that us was gonna take the weekend yep. because it was for for a number of different reasons not the least of which it was a jordan peele movie get out was huge jordan peele is very hot right now high concept horror is very hot and captain marvel was on its third weekend so to be fair, while I predicted that Us was going to win the weekend, and it did, it sure I, did. I grossly underestimated oh, by yeah. how much it was going to win. Yeah, I think you and I were talking about it maybe making $27 yeah, million. Yeah, $27, $30 million. We, we were talking yeah. about $25 to $27 yeah. million, right? This thing in its opening weekend made $70 million. Smoked it. $70 million? Smoked 71. It. 70, 71. Excuse me, $71 million. would have been first as well. Right. <laughs> Marvel still got 34. Yeah, yeah exactly, that was right? the thing, right? If it had gotten $27 million, right, then then would've Captain lost. Marvel would have won. won. No, $71 million. Murderated opening the box weekend. office this weekend. Right, and I think at this point in time, where we are right now, they've actually made over ninety million dollars, right? Yeah. So seventy-one in their first opening weekend, ninety to current day, and or over ninety in current day, and uh, yeah. So yeah. what? So we need to look at the release yeah. schedule so for this if week. So we can just look at. Weekend, I was incorrect before. We were talking schedule. before the show, and I was like, "Oh, Shazam!" But apparently, Shazam oh, comes out next week. What comes out this week? Beach Bum. Oh God! Dumbo's gonna crush it. So oh, Dumbo, Dumbo comes no. out. Though. So Dumbo comes out and it's being released on forty-two hundred screens, right? So forty-two sixty almost, right? Forty-two fifty-nine, right? So forty-two hundred screens that it's being released on. I have heard a lot of bad reviews about. Oh, it's Dumbo. getting trashed. Right. It's getting destroyed. Right. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a good movie. I. No. You know, it's got an ensemble cast. You know, Dumbo was one of those Disney films that's like, nah. I mean, honestly, it's like I, I think the mistake they made here. Well, like when I looked at the trailer, so so I like Tim Burton for the most part. I like a lot of the stuff that he does, but when I saw the trailer, I was like, this movie just looks like it. Lo it looks like a like Big Fish, except instead of Ewan McGregor, it's a it's a fucking flying elephant. Yeah, like it, it just didn't look. Right to me, I don't think yeah. Tim Burton was the right choice for this movie, and apparently the the critics agree because yeah, it's getting um, absolutely annihilated. I, the Rotten Tomato score is somewhere in the fifties right yeah. now. Like the the critics are just trashing it. But you know, in terms of box office, so let's be let, let's let's be honest here. So Beach Bomb comes out this week. It's only going up on one thousand screens. Yeah, just so that movie does not screen. even have a shot. No way, no way. Not so this even will be close. Captain Marvel's fourth weekend. Yep. Dumbo's first weekend. Us's second, second weekend. weekend. Yeah. 
I think us is going to take it again. Yeah, I, I've got to. I'm I'm right there with you. Like I didn't get a chance to see us last weekend. I'm definitely going to go see it this weekend. Yeah. Um, I've heard nothing but good reviews about it. Yeah. Um, I've heard it's it's more of a dark comedy. Than I've heard it is that a too. Horror movie, which surprised me. Which and I know that Jordan Peele doesn't like that. Like he really wanted this to be considered a horror movie. Um, and and very similar to the way that Get Out is, it's, yeah. it was more dark comedy. We all can get what we want, Jordan Peele. Okay? Yeah, well, like, you know, fucking deal with it. No, yeah. <laughs> now, to be fair, if Dumbo was getting rave reviews, I would call Dumbo for the weekend. Oh, absolutely. But because it's getting trashed, I think it's gonna get trashed in the box. I, and I don't too. really think that people like. Do you I, think people care? No, I don't think people care. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't yeah. think that Dumbo was. It, Dumbo is not the Lion King. Right. Right. It's right. not. It's not Sleeping Beauty. Right? right. It's not. It was like Dumbo. Of course, was like a, a famous movie, and it had some great scenes in it yeah. when I was a kid. Right in the cartoon, like that scene where um, they go. Where I forget where, like that island, and like everyone is kids. Right. What do you? What do you ask? Like I haven't seen Dumbo since I was six years yeah, old. Right, what the whatever. fuck kind of question is whatever. that? I, I, you know, like did so, you see the still? of the movie though the the the, the live action dumbo where like he, he tim burtoned dumbo and he's got like this clown makeup on he looks fucking terrifying yeah like he looks terrifying like i'm sorry scary as shit tim burton like why are you directing a yeah. family picture you are a yeah. scary terrifying director yeah. like who loves goth and horror yeah. like like he be tim a horror director yeah. You're like a horror director who wants to be a family. Like he directed, you know, the the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right. and and um, so bad. Alice in Wonderland, which was also so bad, yeah. right? So those movies were bad. This movie's going to be bad. Yeah. I definitely think that Us is going to take it again this weekend. Definitely would agree with that. So yeah. um, so we'll let you know what happens next weekend um, when. We talk about Shazam. Oh my goodness! Because I can't wait for Shazam. Yeah, I can't. I can't either. Yeah. Which is just to touch on something really quickly. So right now, Shazam has a ninety-three percent rating yes. on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. So, uh, friend of the show, Dave is going to verify gonna that write. claim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, at least that's where I saw it at yeah. today. I know it's certified fresh. Yeah, I know it's certified fresh. Ninety. Where? Shazam, 93%. There you go. So so 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, was, are they only are they allowed to put that because it was released early to certain people? Right? No. Because now that they've been no, trying to prevent critics. So I'm right? glad I'm so, glad I'm glad you actually asked yeah, about this. We'll talk right. about review embargoes for a second. Right. So um review embargoing Embargoing, that's not the right word. Yeah, it works. Putting on a review embargo. Embargonation. Yeah, Embargonation. <laughs> so this is something that bad movies do. And what I mean by that is Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Batman vs. Superman had a review embargo on it. You were not allowed to review – critics were not allowed to release their reviews of Batman vs. Superman until like literally the day it came out. No, Justice no, no. League was critics the same way. Critics weren't even allowed to see it. No, critics were allowed to see it. Critics were allowed to see it. They just weren't allowed to publicize their reviews. Same with Justice League. Okay. They were not allowed to publicize their reviews until so, – so review review embargoes are not always, but nine times out of ten, if a movie has a review embargo on it, 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 it means it's going to fucking suck. Yeah. Now, Shazam is what happens to a typical movie. Typically, right. when movies are released, you start to see reviews come out roughly a week to two weeks before they're right. released to the mass audience because – 
Warner Brothers and DC had faith that this was going to be a good movie because it didn't sure. have any of the shit surrounding that the other DC movies did. So that's why you see the reviews early. Same with Captain Marvel. You know, it was, it was, it was you know, there was a trolling issue, but reviews were coming out before the movie actually got released because critics were actually allowed to release it. So Dumbo, um, what was the purpose of this conversation? What was the embargo, right? Yeah. Like, why were they allowed to release ratings oh, yeah, before yeah, cause, the movie cause, comes out? Yeah, because Shazam did not have a review embargo on it. So right. if the movie doesn't have a review embargo on it, well, but you can Rotten, release. But Rotten Tomatoes has been had, had come out, especially with Captain Marvel, and has said that like you can't give your review. That's that only fans. Fan reviews. So that's yes. only fan reviews. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So these are actual critics. Critic reviews. Right. So reviews counted. So it's saying eighty-one critics. Correct. Okay. Correct. So okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, so at least uh, at least kind of got that clear up because I was really I was questioning I'm like ninety three percent like but it's not coming out till next weekend. Yeah. But I know that it had an early release to like if you were a Fandango VIP member you could have exactly. gone and seen the movie early. Yeah. Well, right? same thing happened with us. Remember us? Us just came out this past weekend, but we were seeing reviews for us the prior week. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, because yeah, they knew it was going to be good. Yeah. So yeah. Stu- studios would do that. if the studio has faith in the movie and it's testing really well with the audience and the original the initial critic responses are positive they will not have an embargo and they'll publicize the reviews yeah 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 all right cool well i'm excited i think shazam's gonna yeah, fucking wait. kick ass and so uh so yeah so nice to get a little bit away from comic books uh this week and not talk about comic books or comic book movies um you know definitely uh, check out the dirt watch ozzy osbourne snort a line of ants and lick nikki six's pee so good. right <laughs> so, so like good. just just such a ridiculous movie. If you're a fan of Wolf of Wall Street, if you like those kind of over-the-top movies, Wait, you you're going to love this movie. The, the winner of the week? Yeah, it's going to be us. Oh, yeah, it's going to be us. Yeah, the winner of the yeah, week is going to be us. Dumbo's going to win. Dumbo's you think Dumbo's going to win? Gonna yeah, because kids and parents don't look at Rotten Tomatoes and all that. They go, Dumbo, I'm going to see the movie. I'm telling you, know, you. He's got a good point. Uh, I don't think so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with us. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm gonna stick with, with us. us. Right, we'll Doctor Dave says Dumbo. So if, if, Doc, if, Dr. Friend, Dave, if friend of the show, Doctor Dave. Doctor Dave says uh, Dumbo's gonna win. Doctor Doctor Dave's prescription. <laughs> of the week. Dumbo. Prescription Dumbo. for Dumbo. All right, so we'll, oh, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, it is being released on 4,200 right. screens, yeah. right? So it's a, it's a I mean, big, it's a big release. They, if it bombs, I mean, this would be a huge bomb. Yeah, for huge them, bomb. Right? If it makes anywhere less than 30 million dollars, it's it's going to be a huge bomb. I was going to say if it makes right. anything less than seventy yeah, million dollars, a yeah. bomb. Yeah, it's which really, I definitely I don't think it's fucking, going to make a fucking enough. CGI elephant. How much money that cost? Yeah, <laughs> I, but like, I honestly couldn't care less. Like I couldn't care less about this movie, and I don't think like parents are going to care about this movie either. Yeah. Like if, if the not. if the parents don't go this weekend, Dumbo is fucked. So we'll see. Yeah, you know. But you know, as always, true reviewers. Thanks for listening. Go to our Instagram page. Give us your comments. Like our memes because we make them all of ourselves. We don't fucking steal memes from people. We're not meme stealers. Okay? That's right. We make our own. Yeah, okay. And they're fucking brilliant. Thank you. Um, <laughs> make and, sure uh, to give us a like. Give us a subscribe to uh, to the podcast here, either on SoundCloud or, or Spotify, right. wherever you're watching, where you listening to it and continue to give us your opinion as anthony always says even though we're going to tell you that your opinion is wrong because that's what we love to right. do i want your opinion matt wants to tell you you're wrong <laughs> stay tuned true reviewers <laughs>